0: It is good to celebrate Memorial Sunday with you. And for Scripture, I chose this one verse from Isaiah 51. The prophet Isaiah says, Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. And that's what I would like to challenge Deep River this morning to do is to look to the rock from which you were hewn, from which you were cut. Yesterday was a big day for Somerton Friends Meeting. We um, started in 1672. They're celebrating our 344th year of ministry. And the Department of Historical Resources in Virginia. Uh, blessed us with a historical road marker sign and we had that unveiling yesterday and so we had the mayor of Suffolk and several council members of Suffolk and the newspaper and uh, friends uh, from Virginia and North Carolina to help us celebrate that marking and the Colonial Dame Society of uh, the 17th century was active in fundraising for the marker and pushing it through the VDOT bureaucracy Um, and these things to make all that possible. And so they were there yesterday, um, and just a a very nice day. They arranged the program, and what they wanted was to let the congregation that was gathered there yesterday know about the history of Quakers and all 344 years of Somerton Friends in eight minutes. (laughs) And they asked me to do that. Uh, so that was my challenge yesterday, and uh, I, I love history, and, and love genealogy, and I, I did it in eight minutes. Whether I did it successfully or not, that's, that, that's to be seen. But um, I just wanted to share a little bit with you this morning. So I know we're celebrating Deep River's story and Deep River's heritage, but if you'll bear with me, I want to share a little bit with you about Somerton. 1672 the Religious Society of Friends was really in its infancy. It was young. Uh, the first Quaker missionaries had just come to Massachusetts Bay Colony, had only been there 16 years. Um, England had just come through the Civil War, was going through a Civil War. There was armies uh, going through the countryside from the Anglicans and also from the Puritans fighting over the soul of the country. and. Quakers said, "We believe that there's another choice between Anglicans and Puritans. Um, we don't believe that the Christ is asking us to join an army and ravage the countryside and destroy each other. We believe in peace, and love, and integrity, and community. And that message. And a lot of the early Quakers that started the movement were teens, were in their twenties, and." that found, um, it resonated in the colonies. And it resonated in what would become Nancemon County, Virginia. Now, in response to these Quakers who would not take oaths, they would not join the armies, they were having all sorts of notions about that anybody could listen to the Holy Spirit and you didn't need to go to Cambridge or Oxford to preach and women could preach and that people were equal, the government cracked down. And the government, the parliament, passed a Quaker Act in 1662 that said you have to worship by the Book of Common Prayer. And you have to worship according to approved government worship. And two years later, they passed the Conventicle Act, which uh, prohibited more than five people that weren't from the same household gathering together for worship in an unauthorized manner. And so when George Fox came, he had gone down to what is now North Carolina first and was coming up through the swamps and coming to what is now Somerton Friends. And he gathered together friends and he preached to them. He was doing so illegally. He was breaking the law. When Somerton Friends was organized in the fall of 1672, it was an illegal gathering. Now, Quakers were being persecuted in the capital, in Williamsburg. They were being persecuted in Norfolk. But even today, Somerton is out in the middle of nowhere. It's in the boondocks. And I guess that's one of the reasons why Quakers thrived in what's now southern Suffolk, because the magistrates didn't want to go through the swamps and go through the woods and everything to persecute some Quakers that were worshipping illegally. So that was their start, and they... They thrived. They purchased land from the Tuscarora, from the they at fair market value. They aimed to live peaceably with their Native American neighbors. John Woolman, Quaker preacher from New Jersey, traveled through the area, traveled through Southeast Virginia. and In his journal, he remarks about the conversations with the Virginians about slavery and how there, there were Christians people calling themselves Christians in Virginia who were quoting scripture to him proving that God wanted black people to be slaves. Or that actually Virginians were doing them a favor by bringing them over from Africa and putting them in slavery. And John Woolman insisted that no Christian, that the gospel did not allow for one human to hold another human being in bondage. And that changed the, the lifestyle of Nanseman County. In the north of Nanseman County, where the city of Suffolk would become founded, the Anglican parish hired out slaves in order to raise money for the education of white children. But in southern Nanseman County, where Somerton, France is, there were um, blacks, free blacks owning land. And in fact, it's noted that there were more free blacks owning land in southern Nanseman County, and where Somerton is, called the Holy Neck Borough, the Holy Neck Borough of Virginia, than any other magisterial district in Virginia before the Civil War. And that was the 1720s. After the Civil War, Somerton friends meeting built a school to educate the children of freed slaves and also white children in the community. It was going to be one of the first public schools for children of freed slaves in Virginia. And on the night of March fourth, 1866, their neighbors burnt the meeting house to the ground and burnt the school to the ground. And the meeting house that we Somerton worships in now is what was built on uh, that foundation, 1869. So I talked about this testimony of equality, of simplicity, of integrity, of community, and that's what we celebrated yesterday. But what I challenged the congregation to do was to not just know that we're old, or that we're, maybe we're too stubborn to die, or that we're some sort of antique relic from the past that bears no uh, relevance to the city of Suffolk. But instead, that the gospel and the Holy Spirit was moving Quakers to do ministry and to live out the gospel in the 17th century, in the 18th century, in the 19th century, in the 20th century, and is today. Those testimonies of equality and integrity are just as relevant in 2016 as they've ever been what i want sumerton to do and what i challenged deep river to do is to learn your history to research your history to become acquainted with your roots to examine your heritage and then use it to equip yourselves for ministry in 2016 and 2017 and 2018 isaiah has this message to a nation that is having an identity crisis. They've they've lost their way. They're not exactly sure where God is calling them to, to go in the future. And he says, listen, you who pursue righteousness, or if you want to do it right, if you want to be on the right path, look to your past. Look to your foundation. Look to that quarry from which you were hewn. And he talks about Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Rachel. I think I do love history, but I want to give up some warnings this morning of how meetings and congregations can do this wrong. We can fall in love with our history and we can research it and we can become so excited about it that we want to preserve it to the point that we want to make our meetings museums. And we want to we want to get so excited about the fact that George Fox was here and George Fox touched this and George Fox slept here and George Fox sat here and that when we have monthly meetings and we're talking about things that will come up, well, I wonder what George Fox would have said about that. I wonder how George Fox would have felt about that. And I value the, the ministry of George Fox. But George Fox wouldn't have driven a car, driven, a car to meeting. He wouldn't have sat in air conditioning. There was a lot of things that George Fox didn't do that I feel perfectly comfortable to do. (laughs) And so I I don't think that uh, the foundation of our gospel is to always ask, what would George Fox do? No, Margaret Fell Fox did not ask always, what would George Fox do? So if she was comfortable living out her gospel that way, we should be too sometimes congregations can get hung up in things that have happened in their past and things that went wrong and then never ever wanting to do them again Uh, there's some pain there there's some risk there and so they become prisoners of their own heritage and in bondage to their history you say you have a young person who's on fire for the Lord and wants to do ministry with the youth, and they have this great idea for a water balloon ministry. And you have some, let's call them a weighty friend, who says, no, I remember Water Balloon Gate from 1955. (laughs) And it, it went wrong, it went bad, and there's a standing minute, fifth day, fifth month 1955, that water balloons should never grace the grounds of deep river ever again. We have some of those some of those discussions, some of those memories that prohibit us from doing ministry. That's not what I mean when I say that we need to look to our past. Instead, what I would like for us to do is do the same thing that Quakers should have been doing all along and what all Christians should have been doing is to have that active conversation with the living Christ, with the Holy Spirit who is present In June of 2016. But use our story. Use the the saints from the past. To to be conversation starters. With the Holy Spirit. As a tool. For discerning God's will. So take that history from Somerton. And from it. Draw some queries. So. Summerton and Deep River, part of the Underground Railroad, part of uh, this movement to free slaves, part of this movement to what was um, is called in Suffolk history a Quaker asylum, carving out a territory out of the county where there would not only be no slavery, but where bounty hunters were not welcome, where runaways would be free in this in this territory, which was. Awfully difficult to do in 1820, 1830, 1840 in Virginia. Okay, that's our history. What do we do with that? Where are friends called to minister to those who are in bondage in 2016? Are we called to minister to sex trafficking? Are we called to minister to those who are caught into a cycle of addiction? Are we called to deal to have a voice for those who are still oppressed or dealing with issues of injustice or inequity or inequality? George Fox came through, as I mentioned, and organized friends together. He was doing so illegally. He was doing so against the wishes of the state. Where might we be led to be rebels and radicals in 2016? What would we do if the Holy Spirit was leading us somewhere against the laws of North Carolina or Virginia or the United States? And I think at different moments where we see what friends of the past have done, what the saints of old have said, and how they took on the issues of their day, we can be inspired. We, we won't do it the same way. We won't do the same things. The, the challenge is always to be present, to always be relevant in the time, but to be, to be inspired by it. Now, we, when we talk about things like sex trafficking or minister, ministering to transgender, then people start saying, Richard, you're a troublemaker. We like our meeting to be calm and peaceful and for everybody to get along. And we want harmony. And you're talking about things that are uncomfortable. And you're talking about discord. Well, that's one of the things why they ask a guest preacher to come in. Because <laughs> I can say these things and then go back to Suffolk. And you. But it's also look at our history you imagine when John Woolman came to meetings in Virginia, North Carolina, and said, I believe the gospel is, is insisting that you must free as slaves, that that wasn't controversial, that he wasn't ruffling feathers at all? When, when meetings gathered together and, and made some of these decisions that now we lift up and celebrate as the foundations of our faith, at the time, they were divisive. At the time, they was controversial. When Quaker women were being stripped naked in Williamsburg and Norfolk, when Quaker men were being jailed and and beaten in Norfolk, I'm sure that there were Quakers out in Suffolk that were questioning, is this really what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do? Is this really the the lifestyle? Maybe we should just behave and and play it safe and, and do what Parliament wants. That's... That's the the rub. That's the challenging part of looking at history and then saying, where's Deep River being led by the Holy Spirit in 2017? Because it's so much easier to analyze where De- Deep River was being led in 1844 or 1792. That's where I think it, it's good to not only have names and dates and that's part of history but to also have these journals to also allow these characters to come off the page and be real people that we can relate to and we can have a conversation with and say you were struggling with some of the same things and yet you were listening to the same holy spirit now where do i hear the holy spirit calling me so One of the more inspiring things that I have found on my, journal, on my journey is reading John Woolman's journal. There's so much that he says and that he wrestles with that not only was timely then, but is also timely in 2016. John Woolman was writing about animal rights and in 1727. He was talking about the equality of all people in 1727. But there's some things in John Woolman's journal that I don't relate to at all, that I don't I don't think were necessarily, not healthy for Richard Wilcox, I'll say that. As John Woolman, that's fine, but um, he, he got to a point when he was walking home from school that he wouldn't want to walk with his friends. He wanted to be by himself and he wanted to be quiet. And he didn't want to hang out with friends at night he wanted to have quiet. And all of his friends that were talking, that was just frivolity, frivolity, frivolity. He was so worried about time and, and words being frivolous. I don't, I don't worry about that. I let my words be frivolous. I'd like to go on Facebook and and engage my friends and see what's happening. And I'd like to go on Scott's wall and harass him a little bit. And, you know, that ninth year in a row and. He, he makes a post on Valentine's Day about having reservations at the Waffle House for Linda. I feel that the Holy Spirit is calling me to comment on that and <laughs> extend my sympathies to Linda once again. Okay, it, it's getting close to noon. So friends, I would love to, to challenge you to make Deep River's history come alive. Become acquainted again with those who are here as a cloud of witnesses. Engage them in your conversation. And use them as one more toolbox in discerning where Christ is leading you into 2016, 17, 18, and beyond. Thank you.